Scoopsie. The Corp MDM Podcast. Part of MRAP. Hey, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, Mel Herbert here. This is our second episode of Corpsey, our experiment in having a little free podcast to the world based on our Corpendium textbook for emergency medicine for rural care, which is all part of MRAP. So you can go check it out at mrap.org. Corpendium is our clinical reference text, and it's a lot different than a lot of other clinical reference texts out there because we've linked it with all this multimedia stuff that we have in MRAP, which is this 20-year-old um, education program that has lots of audio and video and all that stuff. And now we've got this textbook, and we're overlaying sort of classic textbook stuff plus all of our multimedia. But one of the things we do that's really unique is that we have sort of this worst first. So the, the idea of this podcast then is to just bring out some of the interesting stuff, some of the controversies that are occurring in the background and the production and the ongoing maintenance of that textbook. And today we're going to talk about mm-hmm, boxes fractures. I grew up in Australia. I know that is shocking. Shocking. I grew up in what Americans would think of as the outback, but in Australia, not really the outback. In the outback in Australia, it's sort of defined as your closest neighbor is about a thousand miles away. Our closest neighbor growing up was about uh, two miles away. But I grew up in a very rural area. And in that very rural area, there wasn't much to do. So on Saturday night, what would you do? You'd go out with your boys and you'd get into a fight. That's right. One of Australia's biggest bands at the time was called Chisel. They had a song called Saturday Night. In the opening portion of that song, there's sort of this audio from what could be any Australian pub from the 1970s. Some guy getting ticked off at somebody... And you know what's going to happen next. That's right, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. You know what's going to happen next. What's going to happen next is a boxer's fracture. Thank you very much. Somebody is going to get hit in the head with somebody else's fist. Or somebody's going to punch a wall. It's just what we did back then. It's what we did. Saturday night's already old. Walking into Sunday and Turns out there's no exact definition of a boxer's fracture, but usually what people are talking about is sort of that knuckle, that fourth and fifth metacarpal neck that you've punched and you've gone and you've given it some angulation there. Sometimes terrible angulation, sometimes even worse, you've got somebody's tooth in there and you've injected all sorts of horrible bacteria into the joint. But I'm talking right now about uncomplicated boxer's fractures. A lot of people don't like the term because real boxers... You know, professional boxers don't swing like that. They don't hit with those metacarpals. They tend to try and hit you with their second and third metacarpal, and they've got it in a glove, and it's a whole nother thing. So it's usually the fourth and fifth. It's the neck. It's slightly angulated. It's called a boxer's fracture. The English like to call it a brawler's fracture for that reason. Because if you're a brawler in a pub, you don't know how to box properly, and so you whack it and you break it. So the real question has been for a long time, how do you treat these? The classic treatment is that you have to get the angulation back to perfect, and then you put them in sort of some kind of ulnar gutter splint. So you immobilize that metacarpophalangeal joint, and you also immobilize the wrist, then you keep it in there for six or eight weeks, and that's standard care, right? And that's what we talk about in the current version of Corpendium, that basically it says this, uh, closed reduction by an emergency physician, you can use a hematoma block, and then you splint them, and you put them in a, an ulnar gutter, okay? And then you follow them up with a hand specialist and make sure there's no sort of rotational deformity, no significant um, shortening, and uh, that kind of stuff, right? So pretty standard. But on this month's Right on Prime... You know, Ken Milne is with Steve Brown, and they're reviewing a paper, another paper. There's multiple of these papers saying that just buddy taping um, the fourth and fifth fingers together is good enough. In fact, it's 
better than good enough because you get more function. You can actually wipe your bottom, as they say. You can do other things. And the outcomes, if you look at this disability outcome scale, were essentially the same in the two groups, whether you did sort of a standard therapy or whether you did non-standard therapy. You can listen to the whole thing, but that's sort of the summary. Bottom line, buddy taping is as effective as cast immobilization for an uncomplicated boxer's fracture. There are other studies that have said the same thing. We've got a couple in the database of EMA. So what do you do with this information? Well, Ken Milne was also actually an associate editor on Corpendium, and he's actually the associate editor for this section of Corpendium. He's like, "Um, I want to bring this into Corpendium and have a little bit of a discussion about it. So in the next version of Corpendium, you're going to see that, which is basically we're going to say, you know, an alternative to doing the standard ulna gutter for these things is that you can just buddy tape them if they're uncomplicated, if there's no rotational deformity, if there's no tooth in there. You can just buddy tape these and have them follow up. But Ken brings up the important point. You want to run this by your orthopedist because this is non-standard care here in the US. It's pretty standard in other countries. But in the US, this is non-standard care. So you want to get them on board. Otherwise, you're going to get a little note from them saying, you guys are complete idiots because they're probably not keeping up with this literature as well as you are because you're seeing these all the time and they're not necessarily seeing them all the time. I think this is also super useful information for people who are out there in the rural and the remote areas, that you do not have to put somebody on a splint and uh, you can just buddy tape these uncomplicated ones and functionally, functionally, they're going to turn out just as well. But the important point though to remember is that these are the uncomplicated ones, not more than about 70 degrees of angulation, no tooth in there, no rotational deformity in there. And actually, if you look in Corpendium, there's a nice little picture of one of these sort of standard boxes or brawlers fractures that would fit the criteria. So there you have it, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. In the next edition of Corpendium Coming, we're going to have a little bit more of this editorial input where the smart uh, section editors, the authors, the associate editors, the editors-in-chief are going to put in some of this extra sort of uh, spice, as it were, saying, like, this is the standard thing that you'll find in every textbook. But here's what the literature says, so you might want to consider it depending on your situation. So, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, my name's Mel Herbert. The band was Cold Chisel, one of Australia's greatest bands. The song was Saturday Night. On Saturday Night, don't punch people, don't punch the wall, or you'll give yourself a brawler's fracture. Even though the uncomplicated ones can be buddy tape, you know what's better? It's better not to have one. Herbert out. Talk to you on Corpsey next week. Corpsey. The Corpendium Podcast. Part of MRAP.